Welcome to FIC Focus, where Bloomberg Intelligence fixed income, credit currency, and commodities strategists and analysts discuss their short and long-term views on debt markets and issuers. Now, here's the Bloomberg Intelligence FIC research team. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode four of our Credit Crunch podcast series. I am Mahesh Bhimalingam, Chief European Credit Strategist at Bloomberg Intelligence, and I am joined by Hima Patel, Credit Strategy Associate. Today, we are going to talk about the investment grade market, how well it has done, has the new year has been very kind to it, the challenges it faces uh, looking forward, how has quality been, uh, where are valuations right now, in a very engaging question and answer format. And, uh, you know, Hema will be asking me some very tricky questions and we will see how best uh, we uh, answer most of your uh, uh, concerns. Over to Hema. Thank you, Mahesh. So, as you said, we will be talking about high grade. So, we saw investment grade being favored last year, especially in the second half. Do you still think that the high grade is favored in European fixed income and credit? Right. So... The Q4, I think, was the start of the turn for investment grade. Uh, you know, it had a very bad uh, first three quarters. So where is investment grade right now? So if you look at last three and a half, four months, we've had an quite an extraordinary rally. And where have we ended up now? About 146 spread, 4.2% yield at in an asset class which is just 4.6 duration now that leads to a 92 basis point break even which is quite extraordinary by the way it is the largest we have seen in the post qe era just two three basis points less than the record so in terms of total return break even investment grade does look very attractive in terms of beating gavis let's look at the excess return break even excess return break even is about 32 basis points so the where does the 32 base point stand? It is about 87th percentile, very, very high. So in terms of beating govies or in terms of delivering positive returns, investment grade does look uh, to be in a good place. This is despite four months of rally. So it has delivered about 1.4% total return this year, uh, despite the, a bit of a bund whiplash in uh, February. The February total returns were uh, were slightly negative because of that uh, bund effect. But in excess returns, January was positive, February was positive, thanks to uh, spreads uh, continues continuing to compress. So, in terms of investment grade being favored in European fixed income, I think uh, that phenomenon is here to stay, uh, given where uh, investment grade is relative to rates. This part two in uh, to your question was. Where does it stand within European credit? So if we compare high grade to high yield, uh, if we saw in our 1Q high yield survey that high yield sentiment has caught up with investment grade. So we ask our investors, do you prefer uh, high yield or high grade? In Q4, it was overwhelming investment grade. But in uh, Q1, it, was, it is neck and neck with high yield slightly edging investment grade. I think that is here to stay. Investment grade will continue to be in uh, in vogue in even within credit, despite junk paying a lot more. I agree. 
And as you like already said that uh, we have seen four months of continuous rally in credit. So how do valuations for high grade look like at this point of time? Right. So as we mentioned, this this three and a half, four months of rally, yes, ensures that spreads are no longer as wide as they were before. But we can gauge the value of spreads by adjusting them for their own volatility. So as we have published many times, uh, we use our normalized spread measure. And on that, investment grade is one standard deviation rich. So minus one standard deviations on normalized spread. Is one standard deviation something to seriously worry about? If wall continues to stay low and liquidity is decent, I think we can sustain rich spreads for some time. Uh, it is the same in junk, by the way. Junk is minus 1.1 standard deviation. It is the same in US credit. US credit is about minus 1.3 standard deviation. So credit overall globally is in rich territory. Is it too rich? No, it is not two standard deviation where we would worry about a pullback, uh, but it's definitely rich. So I do think this uh, this compression momentum that we are having is going to slow down now because we have some challenges ahead. Yeah, Mesh, we have already discussed about ECB credit QT in our first uh, episode, but it's coming up in eight days. Anything we should worry about? How big is a hole will uh, QT cause in high grade? Right. So this is one worry that uh, investors have paid very good attention to. So the ECB quantitative tightening on its entire portfolio of the uh, asset purchase program, not the pandemic program, that starts on 1st March and they have announced what they're planning to do until 30th June. So for four months, we know what the QT program will be. And what is it? It is 15 billion reduction in the uh, total APP portfolio every month. So that amounts to about 50% of redemptions not being invested because the redemptions on average per month is about 30 billion in the entire portfolio. What does that mean for credit? So if you map that 50% onto credit, you're going to get about 6 billion total redemption of the 12 billion redemptions not being reinvested. The 6 billion divided by 4 means you are looking at about 1.5 billion whole per month. 1.5 billion is not a lot nowadays given uh, liquidity is back, supply is back and so on. So 1.5 billion is not that huge a whole uh, uh, and that is fully priced in. So I'm not worried about the QT from March to June. The worry is what the ECB will announce later in terms of pace for what happens after June. Is it going to be more? If it is going to be more, I think that can spook the markets. So talking about supply, we saw that we have overwhelming supply in investment grid. Is that really true? How spectacular it is? And why hasn't it, is it caused market indigestion? Right. So as I mentioned, this supply has been one of the uh, big stories in high grade in uh, 2023, uh, specifically in high grade. Not as much in high yield. Uh, let, let me tell you why. So in January, we saw about 73.5 billion gross index eligible supply. And that translated to 43 billion net. In February, in these uh, 20 days, I mean, we remember that this is a short month, we already had about 30 billion gross index eligible, which translates to about 5 billion net. If you add them up, 
we are looking at about 1.103 billion gross and about 48 billion net just to give you perspective the entire year in 2022 was 420 billion gross and 104 billion net so this means that in just in under two months we've seen 25 percent of the whole year 2022 and in gross and 50 percent of whole year 2022 in net so it's been a massive amount of supply compared to 2022 why because people held back in uh, in the whole of 2022 given given the volatility that people were seeing investors were staying away etc etc uh, and now uh, you know the yields have stabilized spreads have compressed so uh, issuers are coming back to the market so that's the first thing in terms of indigestion what should you be thinking of you should be mapping this to how much money is flowing into the asset class so as uh, as we keep publishing in our fund flow report we've seen in uh, january for example uh, there have been a tremendous amount of fund flows in both investment grade and high yield in investment grade we've seen about nearly two percent of aum coming and that's quite substantial so if you map two percent on the overall index we are talking about 50 billion equivalent right so it was quite easy to di to digest this net supply yeah. uh, so it hasn't caused any indigestion but in terms of future forecasts i would think that you're going to see a february type uh, months so like about 30 billion uh, gross and about 5 to 10 billion uh, net nothing like jan jan was a one off yeah so you know mahesh we are seeing all this good news in credit for now in terms of supply returns but has it really transferred to fundamentals as well how is the great quality for high grade and do we have to worry about fallen angels right so in terms of fundamentals you know one concern that everyone had was you know last year thanks to the war the commodity price hikes worry about recession that tremendous amount of inflation seen across the world has this really filtered into in credit quality through ratings so the answer to that is no so last year every quarter especially including 4q we've had the upgrade downgrade ratio on average be about 2 2 to 2.5 x which means 2 to 2 to 2.5 times the number of upgrades to downgrades across rating agencies and that's a pretty serious positive so uh, how is it looking in the first quarter this year obviously it is only one and a half months we have to wait for the end of uh, march to get the full numbers uh, but as of now it looks like it is still about two if you look at fitch there's been no downgrade lot of upgrades if you look at s p uh, tremendous amount of upgrades versus downgrades in moody's though there have been more downgrades than upgrades but as you know you know the, some rating agencies tend to be more advanced than the others and it over and it averages out over time so i wouldn't be surprised that we will see another sort of 2x in first quarter uh, so investment grade credit momentum still seems to be positive now that translates to your uh, fallen angel uh, rising star question so as we track in our monthlies the number of rising stars still easily overwhelms the number of fallen angels so you know we our trough in terms of markets in terms of valuations was you know end of september october 
right? When the market hit its widest in spreads. So if you take from then, there have been a lot more rising stars than fallen angels. There have been four rating, uh, rising stars uh, worth 16 billion, which easily overwhelms the 1.3 billion fallen angels that we've seen, just two of them. So fallen angels uh, don't seem to be uh, a cascade that people have worried about. So for now, it looks like the rising star momentum is still beating uh, fallen angels. Any other questions, Hema? No, that's it for today. Uh, so I hope you all enjoyed uh, this Credit Crunch episode. We'll be back again next month uh, with another episode with a guest. Uh, and please come back to us with any questions. And please visit BISTRTE on the terminal for all the data that you know we've mentioned in this podcast. Thank you and see you again.